Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast brought to you by Lindenwood University's Hammond Institute for Free Enterprise. Examining market approaches to help solve economic and social issues, Hammond.Institute. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. We're going behind the headlines. The state's legislature has advanced a proposal to weaken the sunshine or open records law in the state and local levels. Joining me in studio to talk about it is Beth Hunsdorfer, St. Louis Public Radio's new investigative reporter, the newest member of our staff, by the way. Also in studio with us is Joe Manis, our retired political reporter. Thank you both for being with us. Beth, good to have you with us. You're for your inaugural run on St. Louis on the Air. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me. It's good to have you. What is the legislature trying to do in Missouri? Um, They're trying to restrict uh, the public's access to records. Um, it's been tagged. It's been kind of tagged on to a uh, lobbyist bill that restricts gifts. Mm-hmm. It's going to make it harder to get access to documents, um, not only from the legislator but from school boards, um, s- small towns, just all across the board. What's it going to mean to journalists? Um, it's going to be harder to do our work. Um, I, it, documents are kind of the lifeblood of of. Ch- the checks and balances that we do. Um, you know, it gives us access to deliberative documents, um, emails, um, budgets. Uh, it's just going to make things a lot harder to um, check that what should be happening with your with pe- taxpayers' money is happening with taxpayers' money. Yeah. There's a certain irony here because we had an awful lot of talk uh, over the last year or so and longer about transparency in government, particularly after former Governor Greitens' uh, episode. Yeah, we we went through some similar fits and in, in starts in Illinois. Um, they created the Illinois Attorney General created uh, the Public Ca- Access Counselors Office that kind of mediates FOIA complaints. And Freedom, Freedom of Information Act. Complaints. Yes, I, yes. I'm sorry, Freedom of Information Act or uh, complaints, and and most of those complaints come from members of the public, not the media. Hmm. So, um, and they're overwhelmed. It it takes a long time. To, to get information out of there. Last year, there were only 15 binding opinions. And just because you get a binding dep- opinion, it doesn't mean you're going to get the information. But what is the binding opinion exactly? It, it is um, basically the um, attorney general has makes a determination that you're entitled to certain documents from a public entity, um, and they order you to order the entity to produce it. But we waited over a year for documents from central management services after the binding opinion was delivered. How exactly does the process work? I, I know you've you've run across this and been stymied by it in the past. Yeah. In, um, in Illinois. You, you, well, you, you make a request to a public entity in writing asking for certain documents. Um, and they in, in Missouri, they have three days. In Illinois, they have five. To, to make a response, they can produce the documents. Most often they'll ask for more time, um, but then they, they can produce the documents. They can um, uh, deny your request or they can mm. release some of the documents. Mm. Um, if it's denied, you can go through a public, there's two, you have two channels. You can go to uh, the attorney general or the public access counselor. Those are free. Or you can file a lawsuit, which are expensive. Yeah. So a lot of public people or a lot of members of the public will go forward to the free route. Mm-hmm. takes a long time. Um, 
I think I've had one in Illinois that's been pending for eight years. Uh, for how long? Eight, eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was to a community college, and I didn't get an out-and-out denial. It's just been sitting there. Now, we were working on an investigative project. We just kind of moved around it and, you know, kind of changed the scope of our story. Just coming back to Missouri for a second, uh, the sponsors of the bill are basically saying that what they're doing this because they want to preserve the privacy of the public. What is that all about? Well, I think you can strike a balance. You know, um, there's lots of times you can, you know, protect an email address or protect phone numbers. So or, a- I mean, there are ways around it. And I, I think most people are, are reasonable in, in the expectation that you want your privacy protected, but you also want the information. And, and just in the basic, uh, basic system, if you go to an agency, a public agency, and want records, do they charge for that? Or is it, it only charged through... Uh, the uh, the Freedom of Information Act or or not? Well, I mean, you can you can make a request. You can ask for the fee to be waived. I mean, most of the time, if it's a budget or, or yeah. something that's readily available, most of the time, I mean, it's been my experience they don't charge. Yeah. How, how much could you be charged for uh, this information? Um, it it varies. It varies. There are limits in the statutes most of the time. Um, Missouri charges research fees, which is kind of uh, a new thing. Uh, so, and that that varies wildly. I, not I new found. for Missouri. Not yeah, it's Missouri. not. It, it's new to me, and yeah. I'm I'm surprised. It, it can get quite expensive. Yeah, I mean, in Missouri, the General Assembly, in particular. The faces change, I mean, because of term limits, but the argument does not. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been battling over uh, block, trying to block any sort of disclosure of their records. This is particularly true of the state legislature forever. Um, about 10 years ago, I was involved um, in an investigation. I was at the Post-Dispatch then, and we were looking into uh, the uh, destruction of government emails, which are considered public records. And we were particularly going after then-Governor Matt Blunt, but it was the General Assembly that was particularly resistant to any sort of change, anything that would require them to release any sort of of records. Uh, They often have proposed changes in the uh, state sunshine law to make it more difficult. So some of this is not new. What is new is that some of this is coming after the voters had approved um, the constitutional amendment known as Clean Missouri, which has a lot of aspects to it. Mm-hmm. But, and some of the members of the General Assembly are very upset with that amendment. So they're trying to do whatever they can to, in, in some ways, they do have a legitimate argument as far as some uh, constituent information. But it's also, they want to block the public or the press from knowing about the communications between legislators, legislators and donors, um, legislators and special interest groups, they've, they've often have blocked this, or they charge very hard, large fees. Um, back this, I'm going to sound really old, but, but before email, before um, uh, where, where you can make copies, if, if you wanted to go to the Missouri Ethics Commission and get copies of campaign finance reports, now this is almost 30 years ago. Mm-hmm dollar a page. Hmm. I remember there were some years that I had to, I wrote a check and the post dispatch was willing to pay it. 
I don't know if they do it now, but $1,000. <laughs> and this was 92, the 92 governor's race uh, because they did not have, uh, I mean, just to copy them, they were charging you a dollar a page for what normally, you know, was what, maybe a few cents. Mm-hmm. And that was 30 years ago. So this is not new. It's basically the same arguments repackaged for the new age. They obviously want to make it more difficult for reporters or whomever to uh, to access this stuff. And with the, the <clears throat> downturn with newspapers, it's going to be more difficult for them to afford legal fights mm-hmm. to be able to get access to this information. What, what exactly, uh, Beth, what exactly is the difference between the Sunshine Law and the Freedom of Information Act? Well, basically, it, it's set out to do th- the same thing to, to um, allow access for the public and the media to get access to government records. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Missouri, they call it the Sunshine Law. In Illinois, they call it the Illinois Freedom of Information Act. The federal government, I believe, calls it the Freedom of Information Act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've had, we indicated earlier, that you've had some experience along these lines. What was the issue that took, uh, that has been in limbo for eight years? Um, it was related to a uh, a sexual assault that occurred at a community college in central Illinois. And we wanted um, the letter that they, and the, the college themselves, the the perpetrators of the assault were charged in criminal court. The college themselves had identified the, the perpetrators. And we were asking for copies of um, the determinative reports and the things the college were going to do because the victim and the perpetrator were still enrolled at the same school. So we were just asking for the letter, like redact his name if you want to, even though you've already identified him. And why would they have resisted that? They just, I, I really can't say. I don't know. Um, they they call per, personal privacy is, is kind of the umbrella that if you don't want documents that they throw up, we're protecting privacy. Um, but... I'm not sure that that's really. I mean, you could have redacted the guy's name, and the mm-hmm. name was our. The name mm-hmm. of the suspect was already out there. Yeah. I'm not clear on on what recourse you have. I mean, once it's been eight years in this particular case, where do you take it from here, or do you just have to continue to wait? I mean, you can always go ahead and litigate it. Um, yeah. You can you can hire a lawyer, which is expensive, and yeah. and back to that takes again. the same yeah. takes yeah. a long time. Yeah. Joe, how did your case work out against the former governor Blunt? Well, it ended up a number of news outlets went to court to get uh, some of the information. Uh, some familiar names in, that are still in politics were involved in this case. But, yeah, in the end, I mean, Blunt's office did release some. But the problem was because you we were talking about emails, um, th- potentially thousands or tens of thousands may have been destroyed. Uh, the state records law requires that all public records be retained at least three years. Um Blunt even said to me and uh, that no one saves emails for three years. Now, this was, again, 10 years ago, and that uh, state lawmakers and public officials were having to get used to the idea that increasingly stuff was being done on email, which then brings us to Eric Greitens and some others in the current age where, like, former Governor Jay Nixon said he didn't do any emailing during the eight, no. eight years he, he was in office. It wasn't because he didn't know how to do it. He didn't want to have a, a chain there that somebody could access, even though he had been one of the creators of the um, state's open records laws. So, I mean, and, and in Greitens' case, you know, there's been the whole thing if he was using special apps 
and on text messages to destroy them as soon as they were read yeah there's a couple different um uh, apps that you can use and those are gone and so we'll never know they were saying well we weren't doing state business on them well we'll never know we'll never know Email has really changed the game, hasn't it? Uh, because it's so uh, so much in use. And text messages, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it you know it it does trick your head when you're a journalist when somebody's like uh, resistant to giving you documents it's because you ask yourself, what are you trying to hide? It's the public's business that you, yeah. you're doing here. They've just found another way to hide it. I mean, that's uh, kind of what's happening, isn't it? And, 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 and unfortunately, we're talking about public money. And so it's the public's money that is being used by um, public officials uh, in Missouri and other states to try to block the public knowing what they're doing uh-huh. with their money. And, you know, I mean, in, in, many, in, in some cases, they're not doing anything wrong they're just wary of the consequences that somebody might misinterpret an email or somebody might misinterpret some document. Uh, so they're trying to protect themselves because, you know, they're afraid they'll get sued or whatever. But then they end up getting sued anyway. But what Beth is talking about, the lack of um, the reduced number of news outlets in Jefferson City and other state capitals has really made the fight harder. Yeah. Well, we should point out before we say goodbye to uh, Beth that uh, this still has to go before the Senate in Missouri, and there is some opposition already to uh, to this whole enterprise. So we'll see how it works out. Maybe it'll be uh, amended. But it passed overwhelmingly in the House, 103 to 47. There is an appetite amongst the, le- amongst the legislators to, uh, to go this route. Beth Hunsdorfer, thank you for being with us. Thank, thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7. KWMU.